Northern Seminary and the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome back to the Pastor's Table podcast. I'm Mark Quanstrom. And I'm Tara Beth Leach. So what do we want to do? What, what can people expect on this podcast? Well, so uh, you illustrated it. So uh, theological integrity is not about the character of the pastor. That's not what that refers to. Theological integrity refers to practices that are integrated with our theological convictions. Mm. And um, it's one of my convictions that um, when we come around, when we think about how to do church, we sometimes... Um, we sometimes are driven by pragmatic concerns mm-hmm. more than theological, mm-hmm. more than a theological vision. Could you give us an understanding of what you mean by that? You, so, so, what does a our, pragmatic concern look like? Okay, so okay, well, let's use let's use your story. So, our tradition says women can be in can be in lead pastors position, positions. Women women can be lead pastors, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have biblical justification for it. We have much more biblical justification for that than the other position in in my view. And so you go to a church that articulates that Mm -hmm. in their doctrinal statements, but uh, in practice uh, rejects it. Mm. Now, how does that happen? How does it happen that, what, a third of a church um, full of obviously committed persons to that local congregation mm-hmm. um, do not embrace the theological articulations of that body. Yep. How does that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're obviously not preaching theology. We're obviously, well, that's, that's maybe too strong. We're not preaching theology enough. Um, but the practice of following a woman called of God um, is at variance with our theological convictions. And I think that happens in more subtle ways regularly. Um, but your particular question was about pragmatic concerns. Obvious, well, obviously, success for American evangelicals has been a business model of American success. Right. Um, we, don't, we're not, we don't reward fidelity mm-hmm. very often. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't re- reward faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, what we reward is the, is the three Bs, right? Bodies, budgets, and buildings. Yeah, I've heard it also called the ABCs of the empire: attendance, building, and cash. Yeah, I like that better because yeah. that—that's that's so. So we have embraced a corporate model of church. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've heard it kind of like a pyramid scheme, mm-hmm. where you you get one and you get one and you get one. Um, so pastors are driven by institutional leaders. None of this is necessarily pernicious. Uh, this is subtle. These are the subtle wooings of our adversary. So um, if I'm going to be affirmed in my pastoral leadership, I have to show, uh, I have to show evidence of my competency, my giftedness, uh, my worthiness Mm -hmm. by um, some kind of, some kind of growth. Mm -hmm. The temptation to grow to justify oneself is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so we sometimes forsake a theological vision, a 
theological convictions for the sake of pragmatic outcomes, for the sake of justification of our being. Wow. Wow. It is the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. That's right. Let's jump off the temple. Mm -hmm. Let's turn stones into bread. Yeah. Let's bow down and worship me, and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. And what we what we have as a result is a, this is strong, but a mercenary attitude on the part of pastors toward their parishioners. Mm-hmm. Um, the parishioners serve the pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, so theological integrity is taking seriously the theological convictions, our theological vision, and asking the question, if this is what we believe, then what must we do? Yep. And how do we equip these pastors for this? Because this this kind of theological vision, theological integrity, is the narrow. Um, it's harder sometimes. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Um, and, and because also it's counter to what our congregations are expecting of us. Well, so the pressure comes from above and from below. That's right. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, so... We ought not to be surprised that um, this is that this is the task of the pastor to be a person of theological integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're following after uh, an incarnate Lord who was a model of theological integrity mm-hmm. against the people and against the rulers, mm-hmm. we ought not to be surprised that we need to give careful consideration to how to how what we do um, is integrated with what we say we believe. And what's at stake? Well, what's at stake is the uh, what's at stake is the vision of God that uh, our people walk away with. What's at stake is discipleship of people into uh, the character of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's at stake what what's at stake is, is the the sense of belovedness on the part of our people as they interpret God's relationship to them through their pastor. Let me illustrate. A person in a nursing home mm-hmm. who gets a visit by a pastor mm-hmm. who has nothing to offer mm-hmm. believes that perhaps she or he is loved by God. Hmm. And I say that the character of a church is revealed in the care of those who have nothing to offer the church. Wow. I'm going to a nursing home this coming Wednesday to have lunch for pastor appreciation. And those are always just such (laughs) sacred times. What's at stake is uh, a people who know God for who God is. Mm -hmm. That's what's at stake. Wow. Um, I heard a pastor refer to uh, uh, people in his church as giving units. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're thinking of our people as giving units, uh, we're obviously not washing their feet. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we're seeing, there's there's all these conversations right now. Um, We're seeing a lot of of young people deconstruct. Um, Deconstruct, deconstruct. Exactly. Deconstruct, deconstruct, deconstruct. Um, we're seeing all the symptoms, right, of, of a lack of theological integrity. 
the rise and fall of churches, um, <sighs> church leaders. Um, you know, there's a quite the popular podcast about that. And one of the things that I am sad about with these conversations is is we don't hear a lot of, well, here's where integrity was dismissed or forgotten about, or um, there's a lack of theological integrity. And so these rise and fall of, of these churches or church leaders um, or denominations, would you say it's because of a lack or an anemic theological integrity? Anemic theological vision and mm-hmm. an embracing of a corporate definition of church. Yeah. So, so Paul's, uh, Paul's instruction to the Church of Rome, capital of the empire, mm-hmm. uh, was do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world be transformed. Yes. So in my tradition, with an inclination toward individualistic soteriology, where Jesus and me is it, um, I always interpreted that text as a specific instruction to particular persons. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, to allow myself to be conformed, mm-hmm. but Paul's not writing to a person. Paul's writing to a church. Mm-hmm. And that verse is a call for the church to be critical of or aware of how culture is trying to conform the church, mm-hmm. the church's culture. Mm-hmm. So that is a call for a church not to be conformed. And I don't know that we give enough enough thought to um, how our churches are conforming to an American corporate culture. Yeah, yeah. So uh, theological integrity, uh, this, this podcast, The Pastor's Table, is about helping pastors stay faithful to a theological vision, yeah. which may or may not be rewarded yeah. by either the congregations or their institutions. Yeah. So we're not the experts. We're at a table. Um, we're both practitioners, right? We're theological practitioners. Right. And we are going to be interviewing other pastors that are theological practitioners but also our listeners are theological practitioners, meaning right. they're they're the experts in right. their setting. Um, they know their context. We don't. What does that mean? So this this will illustrate uh, theological integrity uh, and and the practice. Uh, the Creator of the universe uh, incarnated God's self in a first century rabbi in Palestine in the first century. Uh, Jesus spent 30 years in Nazareth before he even began his ministry. And then he spent three years in ministry. Okay? Not good stewardship of time on the part of God to have his one and only incarnate revelation um, spend 90% of his time unknown in a little town of no account. Right? Uh, In that revelation, there's a revelation of God in that. In that revelation, God sanctifies the local, God sanctifies the particular. In Christian faith, it's known as the scandal of particularity, right? So if if God could be in Nazareth for 30 years, most likely taking care of family as oldest son to a widowed mother, 
if God could locate himself for 30 years in Nazareth in the first century, then maybe God can locate himself in a small town in Iowa. Maybe God can locate himself in a small town in southern Illinois. Hmm. Maybe he could do it in an urban setting. And so the truth of the incarnation is affirming of every particular location we serve. Hmm. Well, your your question was, I mean, your, your comment was that the local pastor is the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, that supports that, that particular theological affirmation of incarnation, a particular incarnation. Um, but for a while, um, I tried to be Bill Hybels because hmm. he was the guy. <laughs> yep. Then I tried to be Rick Warren for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Right now, other people are trying to be other folk. Mm-hmm. Right. One day, the Lord sat me down and He said, "You know what? I don't need Bill Hybels where you are. Wow. That is not the work of of that is not your work. What you need to figure out is not how to mimic somebody else. What you need to figure out is what I want to do through you here. Now, that's a that's a flowing out of this scandal of particularity. Christ in Nazareth. Christ in Galilee." right? Christ in Judea. And the Lord gave me permission to do church the way he wanted church done through me. Mm-hmm. And I took off all of Saul's armor and just began doing, I began doing church the way God wanted church done through Mark Quanstrom. I quit trying to preach by somebody else, like somebody else. I quit trying to organize. I mean, I still had to work really hard and it was almost harder work trying to figure out what the Lord wanted to do uniquely at Belleville that he couldn't do anywhere else because nobody else had those 60 or 80 or 120 or 180 people. So, so we are not presumptive. We are, we're not being presumptive, and we are not going to be giving top-down instruction on how to do church. Mm-hmm. That is not, we don't know how to do church where you are. Where, where, where any listener is. No, we are here to just consider how all of us are supposed to be leading our local congregations. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be so different for all of us. Mm-hmm. But driven by a theological vision, driven by the same confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. Hmm. So Tara Beth does church different than I would do church. And Mark does church different than Tara Beth does, right? Sounds like we want to give pastors permission. They have permission. Permission. They have permission. I and mean, we want them to own yes. and feel that permission to lead yes. as they would in their setting in a way that makes sense for that setting. And to, to preach in a way that only they could. Correct in a context that makes sense, to lead in a way that only they could. Um, which, in you know, got to talk about gender here. That's a big deal for women, Mark. That is a very big deal for women because oftentimes women are very confused. You know, we, we, we see the Bill Hybels. We see, yeah. you know, the Mark Driscolls. Right. We don't have a lot of models no, of women pastors. And so sometimes it feels really confusing to, to lead as we would in our bodies. Uh, we don't know what it's supposed to, but, but it sounds like we even want to give women permission. To lead as women. To lead as a woman would out of their true and authentic selves in the power of the Spirit in their own context. And we want to we help provide tools and have conversations to help them contextualize that. 
the reflected image of God is male and female. That's right. And if we don't have models of God through women, we have half a picture of God. That's right. And so I need to hear the voice of God through Tara Bath. Mm-hmm. Because that is a revelation of God. That is a voice of God. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we want to affirm a pastor in their particularity, in every part of their particularity, and em- help empower them to do the work that God has called them to do. Um, uh, apart from any superficial measure of success. So so we want to equip these pastors. We want to encourage them to oh. stay. We want to give them tools to maintain theological integrity, but you and I aren't the experts. No, we're going to be inviting others into this conversation, and we are going to be public about the cost of ministry, and yeah. we are going to, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to figure this out. um, I've been pastoring 36 years, and I feel like this year I'm just maybe starting to understand the role of the pastor. I'm doing some things this year I've never done in my life before, after 36 years of Mm -hmm. ministry, that I think, why weren't you doing this 36 years ago? So I feel like I'm still beginning. I'm still learning what it means to be a pastor. Wow. And at the same time, you know, I am as well, and I'm I hope to learn from you and, and the other pastors that we bring this table. We are going to be bringing pastors to this table to stumble forward. Stumble forward is to, what we do. To learn together um, as as pastors who are concerned about the integrity and the witness of the church, because we we believe in that vision and the witness that Jesus calls us to. And so so we, we care about that. Yeah, the church is God's redemptive strategy for the salvation, for the redemption of the world. The church is God's strategy for the salvation of the world. He has no other strategy. And so churches being reflective of who God is and churches being led by pastors reflective of the God who is, is the hope of this world. Wow. Sounds like a robust vision of for the church, for the bride of Christ. And that's that's what we want to do at this table. And so my friends, this is a taste. This is this is the pastor's table. And we are going to have so many exciting, real, vulnerable conversations ahead. Um and up next, I think that we can we can talk a little bit more about this theological vision and hopefully equip pastors to stay. And let them know that they are not alone in yep. the work that the Lord has called them to do and that they don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors are sole operators. That's not, the, that's not the message of the New Testament. That's not how the disciples did it. Mm-hmm. So we want the pastor's table to be a place of encouragement, support, respite, mm-hmm. acknowledgement, affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, all, we're all just doing church for the first time in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of The Pastor's Table. We're honored that you would spend part of your week with us. Our vision for this project, as we just said, is for it to spur collaborative conversation, not a one-way monologue. So here's three simple steps to participate with The Pastor's Table. First, subscribe to the podcast. 
A 30-minute episode will be released weekly, and we don't want you to ever miss a chance to join a formative conversation. Second, extend our conversation with a ministry friend. Think of a friend in ministry who could benefit from this conversation. Each week, we will provide discussion questions to prompt further dialogue between fellow pastors. And third, join the conversation. Go to thepastorstable.com to share with us your experience in ministry and what theological convictions you would like to see the pastor's table explore. Until next time, may you be blessed as you serve faithfully in the gift of ministry God has granted you.